0: Hi guys, this is Josh. We're back with another podcast, this time on
1: Chelsea, and I've got Leo on for this. How are you doing, Leo? I'm all good, thanks, Josh. Um, yeah, excited to to chat a bit about the Mighty Blues, um, and yeah, about the upcoming season.
0: Yeah, so how long have you been a supporter?
1: Um, so, I've been a Chelsea supporter since about 2004, when I was two or three years old. Um, funnily enough, I was born into... A family of predominantly Arsenal fans <laughs> so there are a couple images of me um, age four or five in an Arsenal kit as my dad made an attempt to defect me to uh, to the Gooners but um, ultimately my grandma's Portuguese and during the Mourinho days um, she was quite invested in Chelsea so um, <laughs> so yeah bought me a kit when I think I was three years old and from then on um, yeah, the rest is history.
0: Nice, yeah. My, my dad's a Liverpool fan, so when I was younger, he dressed me up in Liverpool kits as well, but wasn't having any of it.
1: <laughs> Shameless attempt <laughs> to make me support that club.
0: <laughs> Let's get started. Um, on last season then, obviously, great high to finish the season on with the Champions League. Well, what were your reactions on that night? Were there any tears?
1: Um, there weren't tears. Um, it was just pure elation, I think. Um it was a very different feeling to 2012, uh, the Champions League win, um, f- for quite a few reasons. Obviously, I was a bit younger then, only 10 years old, so um, there were tears on that night with the highs and lows. Um, but but no, this time was definitely different. I was I was more just like nervous until that final whistle blew. Um, even that there was that Mara's chance at the end where I just I just thought. Surely something's going to go wrong. We're going to bottle it. Um, but I, I, I couldn't believe it when the final whistle blew. I was absolutely ecstatic.
0: Yeah, of course. And Tuchel managed to get the better of City three times last season. Uh, Pet famously explained how Chelsea were actually going to set up in the final and then decided to play without a DM and a false nine. And I think he came under a lot of scrutiny for that. But credit to Tuchel for bringing in a system that it's just so hard to break down, so hard to beat, and, yeah, it's just turn you into a a team that could go on a bit of a title charge this season.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, touching on that Champions League final uh, tactically, um, yeah, I think T-Shirt just got it spot on. Pep's known to be a bit of an overthinker, and, yeah, I guess just try and break down teams uh, tactically, um, whereas we just stuck with what we knew, um... We'd looked really good um, in the end of that season. It was it was a real shame that we lost to Leicester in that FA Cup final. Um, and I think I think it put quite a lot of pressure on Touche and the boys to, to go and win that, that um, Champions League because we got into both those finals, we secured top four. It was kind of like we wanted, oh, as a fan, I wanted at least two of those three things to happen, whether it was like FA Cup top four, Champions League top four or vice versa. Um, yeah, I just I just thought there was quite a bit of pressure on the boys and to, to go in there and literally, as you said, Pep explaining what we do and still not being able to stop it, I think just really showed how, how on it the players were, um, like everyone had to be switched on and do their job perfectly and yeah, I think we, we executed that plan really well.
0: Yeah, it was great you got top four before the final because going into that, if you'd known you needed to win the, the final to get qualification into the Champions League next year, that might have had a bit of a psychological impact, but I think Lampard should also deserve some credit for the effort he's put into the team, bringing in James, Mount, you know, the, the English youngsters last year. I think it was a good foundation setting. And How, how did you feel when he first got sacked? What was your reaction?
1: Um. Obviously, gutted. You're, you're you're kind of playing with fire when you hire a club legend as a manager because no one's gonna to want to see them go. And I, and I think at other clubs he would have got more of a chance, a longer time. But the ruthlessness of um of of Chelsea, like Marina Abramovich, they don't mess about, and they they're not about what Arsenal, for example, are doing, where they they're trying to build. You know what I mean? Ten yeah. years in the future. Um, They want it now, which, I mean, is one of the reasons we've been the most successful club in England since Abramovich has taken over. But obviously it it was gutting to see him go, but you touched on it. But I think it will be a fundamental part in Chelsea Football Club, uh, kind of the legacy, that Lampard era. Because, as you said, bringing through that that homegrown talent and giving them a chance because of the transfer ban, obviously, was it's just absolutely massive for players like Mount and James for their careers. Um, and and yeah, sad to see Lampard go, but he definitely did set those foundations, as he said, which I think have been crucial for our success.
0: Agreed, yeah. And I just feel was probably getting more out of the squad than Lampard ever was able to, sadly. Um, and yeah, I, I get what you mean with the Abramovich methods, really, because you're essentially winning a trophy every other year. And it's great to see youth, youthful talent breaking through. But there's also a band of Chelsea youngsters who are now trying to break out of this. You look at Lamptey, who's set the bar for Chelsea youngsters to leave rather than go. And there was Lucas Piazon, who's the classic, been out on loan for years and years in the Eredivisie. And you've got more people now, like Liv Ramento who won Academy Player of the Year. Uh, Guehi, who's gone to Palace now for £20 million. How do you feel about all these
1: youngsters leaving? Um, it's tough. And, and also, Tamori, whether that was like our yeah. fault or not, um, in terms of setting quite a low release clause on that loan to Milan. It, it, it's gutting. You don't want to see the youngsters go permanently. Um, but at the end of the day, they're their own men. And if they want to to progress and don't think that... that they're going to get the opportunity soon enough, then ultimately it's their decision. Um, but it'll, obviously it will be gutting to see. I think livramento uh, for one, he'll have a, a great season at Southampton, depending on the game time he gets. But um, I have watched him and he looks class. And as well as that, uh, Broja, the Albanian striker in pre-season, was looking promising. He's luckily just gone on loan um, which gives you that hope that he'll eventually make it back into the team. But, I mean, Chelsea have sold some players who they haven't given chances and they've turned out to be absolute superstars um, in the <laughs> past. So it's not something you want to see, but it's it's a very competitive squad right now. And I think if you're a youngster and you think like Lewis Bate as well went to Leeds, if you think you can get a chance like somewhere like that, Premier League football, um Whereas you'd be stuck playing for like the Premier League B team or or even the youth teams. I think I understand their decision, but yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one to take for sure. Cool,
0: yeah. Um I I'm sure Liv Rimento was thinking there's James ahead of me, and even um, Dijon Sterling's now ahead of him, and then they've been targeting Hakimi through the window, obviously he's now gone to PSG, but when you see that sort of thing in the press, it's always a bit disheartening, discouraging. He's probably thinking I can get more game time at Southampton. He'll be behind Walker Peters, but he's known to be quite injury prone. So yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing how much game time he gets. And um, yeah, as well for Guayhi at Palace, he's starting a rebuild with Patrick Vieira. 20 million is a lot for a youngster who's not even set foot in the Premier League. Um, Don't know too much about him, but looking forward to seeing what he can do. Now, if we get into the main piece of business that you've done is not yet confirmed, but it could be confirmed within the next couple of hours. Romelu Lukaku, over £100 million. What are your thoughts on him?
1: Um, I'm pretty happy, to be honest. Uh, and, and going back to Gwehi, I think one of the reasons... Well, I mean, he turned down the contract. It was his choice. But if we can get £20 million for players like that in a time where, um, I guess... Chelsea and City less so, but clubs need money after the COVID hit. Um, I think getting 20 million for someone that's never even played for your first team um, is is huge. That's a, f- a fifth of of the Lukaku uh, fund. Um, and going on to Lukaku, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. I mean, there's obviously been this Chelsea number nine curse, um, where I know we've had success, but since Drogba, no one's really. Been able to fill those shoes, um, albeit very hard shoes to fill. Um, but I think Lukaku, he's a different, he's a different guy to um, to when he last uh, played in the Premier League. I think what he showed at Inter, um, kind of getting pushed out of United and then just proving yourself and forcing yeah, one of your old clubs to buy you back for that much money is is very impressive. And I think he'll just want. To, to shut up all the haters that are already coming out from other clubs who are, I don't know, playing like completions of his like bad first touch, <laughs> even though he's just one like Serie A player of the year and golden boot um, in a very successful inter side. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think he's a, a Prem proven player. I mean, he had a 25 goal season with Everton, United even, I think he was underrated. People hated him a little bit too much. Um, he actually did bad goals. And I think he's got that that sort of physical nature um, that the Prem needs.
0: For sure. And I feel like he's so badly judged for his first touch. It's like saying Messi's no good because he's weak on his right foot and he's bad at heading. You're just focusing on his worst aspects. He's probably, in my opinion, the best counter-attacking striker in the world. And he really flourished in the Serie A in a two-striker formation with Lautaro Martinez. I'd be interested to see if um, Tuco ever dabbles in a two-man up top in him and Werner, or even Havertz playing maybe slightly further behind him. Because it's another three-back system they're playing into with Conte. I'm sure you're used to that football. And yeah, I just think, I hope that Tuchel actually builds the team around him in a way. Because... That's what Conte did at Serie A, in the Serie A for Inter, and it just worked so, so well. Um, I originally thought that he was just sort of thrown into the mix because of um, Chelsea's interest in Haaland, and they just wanted to lower the prices, prices for him, actually. But it turns out that you're going all out for him. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Haaland? Would, who would you have preferred, Haaland or Lukaku?
1: Um, I, I probably would have preferred Haaland... Um... But the risk you take, I think Haaland will be great wherever he goes, he'll score goals, he's he's proven that in the Champions League um, and I think he could prove it in any league, to be honest. But you do take that risk when a player is not pre-proven, that it is the toughest league in the world to play in and there have been serious cases of players who thrive like elsewhere in Europe, who just come here for some reason or a flop. As I said, I, I don't think Haaland would have been like that, but... It's good to at least have someone who's um, played in the Prem and knows what it like, what it's like. Um, so yeah, in that respect, I think um, he'll be able to settle more quickly and kind of make a bit of a a more instant impact than maybe Haaland would. Um, yeah.
0: Agreed, and the the price tag that Dortmund want for Haaland is just ludicrous. Really, it's hundred forty million when he's got a release clause next year for sixty eight million. I like yeah. just even for Abramovich, I think that's just a bit too much for him.
1: Yeah, I mean they were obviously quite. Well, I mean with both strikers, we were told no with both of them. Like they're both not leaving, um, mm. and obviously we've we've given um, into an offer they couldn't refuse. Um, I think they were always going to be the the ones more likely to cave due to like they're really badly fina- financially at the minute. Yeah, um, but. I think, to be honest, like Marina and Abramovich, if they wanted Harlan and wanted to pay that money um, for him and thought he was worth that, they probably could have got it done. Um, but as you said, it's just a bit dumb when you've got a release a release clause of like half the price the next season um, for a guy that's so young and stuff. It's it's um, it would have been a very very bold move, um, but but yeah, ultimately, I think I, I would have been happy with either. We just need a proper number nine, and I think yeah, I think it's going to be uh, great for the lads.
0: Yeah, for um, for Verna, that's who you last year spent fifty million on to be your new number nine, but his finishing was appalling to say the least. I mean, he still achieved six goals in the Prem, twelve in all competitions, and he has such clever movement, but just some of the misses were inexcusable. Really, I think Tuchel can't really trust him to be your main striker so do you expect him to drift out onto the wing or do you think he'll play up top with Lukaku? Where do you think he fits in now?
1: Yeah I think I think Tuchel realised fairly quickly that um, he, he wasn't a number nine. Um, obviously that worked for him in the Bundesliga. He bagged like what 30 goals with Leipzig but for whatever reason in the Prem it just wasn't working and he did tend to bag more assists and goals from that, uh, like playing on the left uh, wide, um, or even the right sometimes, and I think with, I actually saw an interview with Tuchel the other day talking about Lukaku and essentially saying like having someone who plays with their back to goal most of the time, kind of hold up play, um, can sort of spin off will be great for our fast wide players like Werner, Pulisic Hudson-Odoi if he gets game time um, and I think, as I said about Haaland, it takes some players, I mean, it's just a well-known thing that players take time to settle in the Prem, and I think Werner ultimately um, has a future at this club. And I'm I'm not concerned at all. Um, it's kind of apparent to us now that he's not a number nine, and we've just got to move on from that, um, spent the big money on a striker. And, yeah, like you said, with building around Lukaku, just... You know, what I mean, play Werner to his strengths, which is his pace, um, and yeah, hopefully his finishing can improve.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about oh, Chelsea need a striker who can, you know, face his back to goal and he can hold the ball up really well. I was thinking, why not Abraham? What's wrong with him? I, I don't understand because I feel like he fits the system so perfectly, but he's just not been able to get the most out of the opportunities. Why do you think it's not worked out for him?
1: Yeah, I mean, with Tammy, it's a tough one. Um, His goal-scoring record's crazily underrated when you look at it. Um, But I think he has a lot of weaknesses. Um, For a player of his height, um, to not be able to head the ball (laughs) is definitely something that is just really not ideal. Um, I think he can finish well. Um, It's just... Strength-wise, that he—I think—he needs to like fill his, fill himself out a bit more. He's just a little bit uh, a little bit skinny for me to play in the prem up top. I don't think you could even compare him to someone like Lukaku when it comes to like bullying a centre back. Um, and there's the centre backs in this league at the minute. Uh, the standard is is crazy, and I think yeah, I think someone like Tammy. It's a shame. I think it could have worked for him, but ultimately as I said with Chelsea before we don't wait around to find out and with your striker being such an important position um, yeah I think it was kind of inevitable that he'd he'd find his way out of the club this summer
0: yeah um, I, I've seen links to him and Roma for 34 million that could close out quite soon do you think he that's a better option for him to go abroad to your ex-manager Jose Mourinho or do you think he'd be better off? cutting it for maybe a a team in the mid table of the Premier League or low even lower ta- lower part of the table. I think he could be a great talisman, but yeah, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's difficult. I think um he could have stayed in the Prem, uh, maybe somewhere like West Ham or even Brighton or something. Um could have been could have been good for them. I was interested to see Mourinho uh wanted him. I didn't don't really think he sees Mourinho's kind of systems ridiculously well but um, but yeah we'll see and I've already seen posts about it's going to be a repeat of Lukaku and we're going to buy Tammy back in three <laughs> years for, for 100 million um, but yeah I don't think that will happen but we'll, we'll have to see um, I think mm-hmm. he, he does have talent I've always thought with Tammy there's been something on the mental side that's that's not been there. I think he's a little bit, a little bit arrogant, a little bit full of himself, um, which, with his goal scoring record, you'd you'd think like fair enough. But then when you actually watch him play, um, I I don't think he can back it up as much. Um, but mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's good to see young players being frustrated that they don't have a place in this team, because um, it shows you know drive and passion. But yeah, it hasn't worked out for him.
0: One moment that sticks out quite clearly is when um, we were going through a bit of a bad time at, at Arsenal and we managed to beat you guys 3-0 with Saka scoring a goal, sort of, it looked like a cross and it ended up in the top corner and after the match Abraham sort of went up to him like you didn't mean that, you know, in a really, really salty way and Saka's just standing there, you know, quite an innocent figure as we've all seen and yeah, I just found that quite that interaction quite funny to watch.
1: Yeah, there, there was another one where he, I can't remember what what the case was, but we were or, or what the game was. We we were two 0 three nil up there, and we got a penalty, and he kind of like snatched the ball off. Um, I think it was Georginia I Think it was or, Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, yeah, it was the Palace game, um, and was seemingly really angry that he wasn't gonna take the pen when he's he's not taking pens for <laughs> yeah. us. He's not a penalty taker. Why would he? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think. It, it, when you hear transfer rumours about you, like potentially being on the way out, um, it can it can be tough, um, and you you do want to you know what I mean grab grab the ball with that pen, get a goal which might add on yeah. like a couple million to your transfer or even keep you at the club. But yeah, I don't really not a massive fan of his attitude.
0: Uh, yeah, um, Jorginho ended up as your top scorer in the league last season with seven goals bit of a penalty merchant, although it's not not really a shame for us, but a shame he missed in the Euros final against England. Didn't cost him too much in the end, but do you expect him to keep penalties this season with Lukaku, or do you expect him to hand over the duties?
1: Um, I think Jorginho will stay on pens. Um, I mean, we'll see, but... Yeah, I, I think touching on that, Georgina being our top goal scorer in the Prem, that was obviously a reason why we've spent this money on Lukaku. Because how a team manages to finish in the top four when your top goal scorer has seven goals, um, <laughs> I do not know. Um, but then on the other hand, it kind of shows our squad depth, you know what I mean? We have a lot of guys with a lot of goals. Uh, well, sorry, not a lot of goals, but. A lot of guys with a couple goals, they chip and, in, yeah. yeah, they've chipped in. So like Pulisic, Ziyech, uh, Werner, Mount. It's it's quite good to see that, but I mean, I, I think that yeah with squad depths and stuff, you see how City are winning the league with such a deep squad. Um, we're gonna see less and less of players like Van Persie or Shearer used to do where they bag like thirty goal seasons because mm. it just has to be spread out more with. Obviously, all these extra competitions now. European football, I mean, was a thing back then. But with a schedule like they had last year with COVID, um, you definitely had to rotate squads a bit more. And, yeah, players can't get away with scoring, like, 30 goals a season anymore. (laughs) It'll be tough. I mean, even you see, like, Salah and Kane, they're still only getting, what, 23, I think, was Golden Boot or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I think gone are the days when... Uh, Van Persie would bag 30 goals. <laughs> yeah.
0: You, you want to see more goals from your wingers too. Um, so, Ziyech and Pulisic, they're both wingers who cost you in excess of 40 million and they've just failed to see regular minutes recently. Pulisic just has an awful injury record and Ziyech isn't great either, but they've both shown glimpses of like a world class talent in there. So, do you expect them to see more minutes or do you think they're just not really going to play too much this season?
1: Um, regarding Pulisic, I think he's got incredible talent. As you said, with the injuries, um, that's a clear problem. His hamstrings are—they just go and go and go. Um, but I think he's one of the best dribblers in the Premier League. To be honest, like wh- when he's shown his moments, mm-hmm. people just can't get the ball off him. Um, that was we saw that in Europe last season, um, and then also obviously when he just entered absolute god mode at the end of last season in yeah. the Prem oh sorry the season before yeah, the season Project um, Restart yeah yeah Project Restart he was just absolutely untouchable and I think he definitely will get some more game time and then likewise Ziyech rumours of him getting loaned out or sold over the summer I thought he's someone who you know what I mean he looks a little bit uh, like carefree doesn't you know what I mean doesn't have yeah. that hunger that passion but then how he's come out in this preseason, bagged two goals against Spurs. Like he's he's been looking really sharp. Uh, he scored a hat trick as well, I think, in a seven-one win against. I can't remember who he played. Some some lower lower league um, club, but you know what I mean. There's it's, as I mentioned with um, players fighting for minutes in this in this team. I think it's only a good thing. Um, yeah, we won't have a goal scorer. who has got like twenty goals. You know what I mean. But it means. Yeah, I think I think competition's healthy and that's that's very important, if not fundamental, for a, a league winning side. Sure,
0: yeah, I get that. And um Chelsea will probably only be looking at perhaps one other signing until the end of August and that's um Jules Kounde, who's at uh, Severe at the moment. They're saying you can play right centre back and right wing back. Do you have any thoughts on him or?
1: Yeah, um, <coughs> Kunde, Kunde's looked good. Um, obviously, we played Sevilla in, in the group stage of our Champions League run, so I have watched him a little bit, um, and I have heard that he's very good. Or He's more of a versatile uh, defender, like you said, can play on that right-hand side or um, right centre-back. And I think in our system with that three, three centre-backs... Um, he could slot in perfectly there with obviously an ageing Aspilicueta as much as I rate him um, mm. he can't be playing the same minutes that he used to so yeah I yeah. think Koundé is going to be someone who we should try to get to see off this window but but yeah it's it's looking positive
0: Great yeah so now we're just going to head to a few questions that I'm going to ask all the guests so firstly where do you think Chelsea are going to finish this season?
1: Uh, it's a tough one you you always want to back your team, and I I definitely think we've got the potential to really challenge for the title this this season. Um, I know we'll hundred percent come top four, but yeah, as I said, I've I've got to back us, and I I genuinely think we can win the league this year. We've got the squad to do it. Um, just how we looked since Tuchel's come in um, just reminds me of those days where where you know what I mean. You go on these crazy winning streaks um, that like Mourinho used to do with us and. <laughs> Yeah, for that reason, I've got it. have got a back. I still in the league.
0: It's it's gonna be fierce this year because Liverpool, United, Chelsea, and City all four look like winning. And uh, personally, I think City might just pip Chelsea if they manage to sign Kane. But if not, then I think it's all up in the air. We saw last year they struggled as well with having a striker. They reverted to a false nine as well. Yours was Havertz. theirs was De Bruyne, Mares. It. it Varied really but yeah I can see any of the any of those four maybe less so United but any of Liverpool City and Chelsea winning it I'm going to just give it to City because I think the Kane deal is going to go through that's
1: fair enough (laughs) (laughs) they will be our biggest challengers I do agree Greenwich is going to be exceptional I think but yeah
0: who do you think is going to win player of the year as well just across the whole whole Premier League
1: uh the whole Prem um I mean, it's so tough to call. I think um, oh, it it's, it will probably depend on like who's winning, winning the league. I think it will come down to that kind of thing. Um, if you're backing like, Chelsea, you gotta go for a Chelsea. So if you're backing Chelsea, I mean Lukaku, if he goes out and and has a huge season, you know what I mean, in his debut season, you could yeah. see something like like if he won the Golden Boot or something crazy. Um, could be that, but. Obviously, we haven't even spoken about him today, but Mason Mount, um, incredible player, incredible talent, who just seems to be getting better and better. Um, I don't think he could win Player of the Year just yet in his career, but but yeah, I mean, obviously, then looking at City, you've got De Bruyne, um, and yeah, well, well, who knows where Hurricane's going to go, But yeah. but I thought he was kind of robbed last year player of the year so he'll be looking for revenge
0: I can't believe we've even gone this long without talking about N'Golo Kante because in, in that system for Tuchel it's a 3-4-3 three, three, but he sort of makes it into a 3 5 three. he just covers so much ground he's a bit of a ev- everyone loves him you know he's such an unhateable kind of kind of player and yeah I could see him winning the player of, has he won it before? I think he's won it maybe won it with Leicester? No, Mara's, Mara's won, it. won it with Leicester, but,
1: oh, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, he he does sort of hide in the shadows a bit, um, <laughs> but yeah, Kante's class, yeah. um, it'd be cool to see him get that kind of recognition, but, um, but yeah, Kante, I just think, he is one the best guy in the world at his job, um, yeah. of sitting, sitting in front of that, well, or not, he wasn't even really too much of a defensive midfielder, because he's just everywhere, like, yeah. he is just, um, he just runs the show in midfield, and yeah, it'd be awesome to see him get a player of the year.
0: And um, now with <coughs> break, with the talk of um, breakout players or young player of the year, who do you have in mind? Does I'm not sure if Mount qualifies for it because he's been here for a few years now, but any others that catch your eye?
1: Um, yeah, for sure. I think um, I do think Smith Rowe at Arsenal has the potential to push on this year. Um, getting that number 10 shirt I'm not saying numbers (laughs) going to make him a better player but he is a key part of that squad now I think he's someone that could push on Um, and then as well as that who else could be a good breakthrough player Um, I mean I mentioned Livermenta at Southampton if he gets game time I think he could really like get some interest from uh, from bigger clubs potentially in the future seasons Um, but no I think I think yeah, young players like Smith Rowe, um, Saka. I guess you can't really, can't really call Sancho. I he's so established says, you know, that you can't really call him like yeah. a break breakthrough. But I think a lot of players. The transfer window's been crazy. There's a lot of new players, either that have just come to the Prem or I've changed clubs in the Prem. I think a lot of people have to prove themselves um, for various reasons and have a lot to that they want to prove. So. So yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of young guys and just just transfer players in general, you know, making a statement. For sure, yeah.
0: Um, like if if Norwich were to escape relegation, you could see Billy Gilmore with an outside chance at this Young Player of the Year. He has a chance to prove his consistency, and we all know how good he is. And that even in that Chelsea outfit, he had a couple of chances, and no one can say he couldn't. He didn't take them. He took them very well. He's great at passing receiving the ball in tight spaces and just working these areas and he was also superb for scotland at the euro so yeah fingers crossed for a breakout season for him
1: yeah that would be awesome i think it's a great move um to get him as much as i'd love to have him in our squad um i think it's a great move for him to see like regular appearances at a premier league club he's already played an unreal pass in pre-season i'm not sure if you saw it but um he's looking sharp for norwich and yeah, he's one of those ones that like I would have been gutted if he'd gone permanently anywhere. Um, it's great to see him um, on loan where he can come back because I genuinely think that boy has has a chance um, and will have a future at Chelsea. Um, it's just yeah, it's just whether like hopefully he doesn't get overplayed or anything, and because um, he is he is so young. Yeah,
0: agreed. And um, we'll finish by going through your team to watch, obviously outside of Chelsea because I think they're firmly on everyone's radar, but maybe a team that's going
1: under the radar or you have hopes for? Um, Yeah, a couple I want to touch on. I mean, you can't uh, not notice what Man United have been doing, this transfer window. Um, I mentioned City would be probably right up there with, with us, but I think United will as well. I think those three clubs are, at the minute, squad-wise, pretty clear of the rest. Um, I I have a weird feeling that Tottenham um, could have a good season. I think Nuno's a good manager, and if they, they've they somehow... I don't know how how they've got the pull that they do, but um, they've signed some good players, um, and I think they could potentially even like sneak into the top four. I, I don't think they will. I think they'll come fifth, but um, I think Tottenham could be better than people people think and that's even if Kane does go yeah. and then coming up I think uh, Brentford are quite hard to ignore yeah. I mean obviously they didn't get up in the way that they wanted to they had to win the playoff uh, final mm. um, <laughs> but I think Ivan Toni's class and I think they'll sort of have that that effect that like Leeds and, uh, and Wolves did um, and, and Sheffield where you come up and have that stellar season and yeah. um, and then sort of eventually then people find you out. But I, I, d- I think Brentford will stay up. Um, that's that's something I'm going to go for.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a nice shout. Um, I agree with you on the Brentford and United, but I'd be gutted if Tottenham end up finishing fifth above us again because it's getting torturous at this point. But yeah, I mean, it's been lovely to talk to you, Leo. It's been a great pod and I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, Cheers, thanks, mate.
1: Cheers.